Purim is only a couple of hours away, and it's never enough time to prepare. So let's try to get some last-minute yesoidus over here to help us really appreciate the yontif and gain from it as much as possible. Like I've told you many times before, the point of these vadim are not just to get clarity and concepts, but it's also to try to create for ourselves a derech and avoida, some way to grow. Now, Tainus Esther is very good because Tainus Esther is a day that we're not learning. We're off today, and it's time you have time for yourself to go over what you learned and to try to develop a, a avoida for yourself. So I want to bring out a point today, a very important point in Hemuna, and try to understand a way to navigate through life, okay? So we have over here, let's say I'm just going to bring it out from here for a minute. It's, we have this whole story in the first chapter of the Megillah, where Ahasuerus becomes upset at his wife Vashti, who does not want to come to him, right? So what do we do? Zacharias is talking to his advisors, and we know that Haman jumps up and he says his opinion, and he says something very interesting. He says, he, should, uh, he tells Vashti, Zacharias uh, what he should do by the fact, Mena. He doesn't say that Ahasuerus should kill Vashti. He says that he should take her malchus and give it to someone who's more uh, befitting. didn't say kill her. Now why did he say kill her? What was this plan of giving it to someone else? Okay? So Mepharshim say a very deep point here that... Haman was the best chess player you ever saw in your life. He knew every move on the chessboard. He was a mass manipulator. He had cheshboinists that were 20,000 steps ahead of everybody else, right? So over here he was thinking if he's going to say that he wants to kill her, that he should kill her, so what's going to happen is probably is that Vashti is going to beg for her life. And she's going to uh, say sorry to the king and whatever, whatever, whatever it is. And it's at the end of the day, it's his wife. And he might have compassion on her and not end up killing her. And then what's going to be the problem? If Vashti stays in power, she'll take revenge against him for the aids of the killer. So instead he had a much better aids. If he convinces the king to appoint another queen... So once someone else is in power, there's nothing you can really do about it because the power was given over to someone else. So if it would be a death sentence that would, let's say, be scheduled for whatever, in that time between the death sentence scheduled and her you know, pleading, obviously it's not going to be one conversation, but you know, all that pleading, etc., etc., she may be able to, in the last hour, get rid of that gazera. But once... There's an inauguration of another queen, then power was given over to someone else. And what is she complaining? She wants the power back. You know, Miss Lamer, she's crying for her life. 
So, okay, you cry for your life, then the king will have compassion, he'll give you your life back. But power, you don't deserve the power back. You're lucky I spare your life and I don't kill you, you know? Power that doesn't belong to you anymore. You're not qualified to be the queen. So it was a mass manipulation in Haman's brain, hezbening out what all these different scenarios that possibly could come out. And that was just, just brings out a little bit what Haman kind of operator Haman was. There is a measure somewhere that says that Haman was a very big bucky in the understanding how to read the stars, astrology. He had advisors in it, you know, he was a very big in that area. So he saw in the stars that the one that's standing in the way of his plan to destroy the Jews, which is something that's been on his mind for the longest time, is the queen. He thought that it means the queen Vashti. He didn't know that it meant the queen Ahasuerus. He thought it was the queen Vashti. So that's why he had this big agenda to get rid of Vashti. That way he can carry out his plan. So again, he's a man who has agendas, he has knowledge, and he's making moves to get to where he has to get to. And kind of like he's playing the chessboard with HaKadosh Baruch who he's playing the chess game with. Because he knows that Hashem wants the Jewish people to be in the world. And in the stars he sees Hashem's move, so to speak, on the chessboard. That Hashem is going to have the queen block him. So he wants to be one step ahead of the game. And, you know, outmaneuver and outplay Hashem in the chess game. But... HaKadosh Baruch showed him that he's the one who runs the world, and he's the only one that runs the world, right? Let's say for another example, we'll take a couple of examples that we'll try to bring the point home. So we have um, a situation where uh, Haman goes ahead, and he prepares a, a, a gallows for... Uh, Mordechai. Now, he makes a gallow that's 50 amas high. That's extremely, extremely high. Right? Now, why does he make the gallows 50 amas high? So it's brought down that Haman wanted, he was hoping that he was going to get Mordechai on that tree, on that gallow, before the party with Esther, right? He came in between the two parties early in the morning, thinking that he's going to get his permission to get Haman, uh, Mordechai on the gallows before the party, the second party, right? He was very confident that his plan is going to work. And then what is that? That way when he sits by the party with the queen and the king and he's on top of the world, he can watch from the window that Mordechai is dangling from this gallows, right? That's what he had in mind. What happened was that gallow worked against him in a very unique way. Because after um, Haman is exposed, and Ahasuerus is extremely ex- upset at, uh, at Haman, so... What happens is Harvoina comes to Machashverish um, and says, Look, he prepared a uh, gallows for Mordechai, right? 
Right? That's what it says in the Pasuk. Vayoyma charvoyna. Charvona says, Echad min ha-salisim lefnei ha-melech gam hinei ha-eitz. Asher osa homon l'morecha asher devatoy v'la-melech oimed bebeis ha-melech avoy ha-chamishem ama. So if it would have been a short gallop, the gallop wouldn't have been so high, so he wouldn't be able to see it from the window, right? So if he told him that there's gallows, so he may have been able to change the king's mind, like if he, let's say, sent out, okay, go check out the gallows or whatever it may be. If there's a time lapse, or even not a time lapse, just so you don't see it, you don't see the gallop, Right? So it's possible that Haman could manipulate the king to spare his life and not hang about it. But since he was able to point out the window and he said, look at the gallows, so he had an instant reaction, tolu olav. It was an instant reaction to go ahead and hang him on it. So it comes out that his making the the the, the eight chamishim amo, the 50 amos that he made to watch Mordechai, you know, to see him from that window was the window that he was, Ahasuerus saw it from that window. And because of that, he was able, I think I heard this word from Reb Chaim Kanievsky. Right? So again, the man with the big plans uh, walks into his own trap and Ahasuerus shows him who's the boss. Right? So now, it's, there's another uh, uh, you know, point we'll bring out over here is that so what happens is between the, the the first party and the second party, right? So Haman gets up <clears throat> really early in the morning and he comes to talk to uh, Achashverosh about the tree that he prepared for Mordechai. And then ultimately Achashverosh asks him, you know, what should I do? And he gives him the whole plan. To the, the the king, the person that the king wishes to honor, he should take him on his on his horse and his begotten, right? Fine. So he's forced to do it. And we know the famous story that um, his daughter threw the garbage on him and then she died. It was a bad day for him, a really bad day for the guy, right? So it comes home and Pasukit Gimel, it says, Et kol asher karahum. He told him everything that took place, right? So, the kasha is a very strong question. Why do you have to tell her what took place? The entire Shushan knew what took place. Everybody knew it. I mean, this was the most public hawk in the whole town. You could, Haman's going down the street with his arch enemy on the thing. And there's, there's all kinds of action. I mean, it was a lot of, it was a big attraction, you know. So there was nothing that he was being machadesh to uh, his wife, right? So why is he telling her? What's he telling her? Right? So there's a word that I saw brought down and I heard it over um, slight differences, but this is the main word from the Ben Shai. The Yisoyed Varm is that the actual fact that Mordechai, that Haman was walking Mordechai in the street and screaming before him, all that, he didn't have to tell her that. However, what he was telling her something which was not known to people. What was that? 
Haman went in the morning, and when Achashverosh asked him, you know, what should I do to the king of Vashishtana, right? So Haman was thinking it was himself, right? So he was working and being mishtadl, and not only working and being mishtadl, he actually put his life in danger to do that. It was such a desire by him that he actually put his life in danger because maybe the king will think he's a rebel, you know? He's asking for the horse of the king. He's asking for the big day kahuna and big day malchus, you know. So maybe this guy is, uh, has these dreams, you know, grandeur of taking over my uh, kingdom, you know. So he, it was kind of like, uh, it wasn't an easy move for Haman to do what he did, you know. So the point was, he says, not only did I not get the honor, not only did Mordechai get the honor, but I did all the hishtadlis and risked my life for him, for my enemy. That was the Asher Karah. So again, you see this, this idea that Haman manipulating and maneuvering his power, because why do you want to drive the king's horse and all that? Is because again, it's all part of his plan of building himself up. That's his plan. And it's, it's, it's a very deceptive and, you know, manipulative type plan, which he has to be very careful. If he steps over the line and Achashverosh gets winded, that'll kill him. So he did a risky move over here, a real risky move over here, to promote himself. And after all that hishtadlis and risky move, he was actually doing it for his enemy. That's again, the Yad Hashem coming in, and showing you, you could do whatever you try and whatever you want to try to build yourself and to promote yourself and to manipulate your agendas, which you can't do nothing against HaKadosh Baruch, right? I want to take something from the flip side for a second, and then we'll try to bring it into a place of practicality. So, let's go to the time of Egypt, the time of Mitzrayim, yes? So, what happens is, Paro has an agenda to kill. Paro has an agenda to destroy the Jews in, in, in general, right? Now, what happens is, one day, his astrologers come to him and say, "Today's your lucky day, Paro, because today the Moshiach shall Yisrael has been born. And if you make a gezera that all the boys, the Jewish boys, some even the non-Jewish boys," Right? If you get make a gazera today, one day of homicide and kill all these babies, you are safe and sound. Yes? One day. So one day killing the newborns. That's all. Tomorrow, you don't got to kill nobody. Tomorrow, you're good to go. Okay? So that one day, he goes and he makes his gazera and they get all the kids and they kill them, right? Fine. After that day, the gazera goes away. Correct? Mm-hmm. That last day of killing. means they, Obviously, they wanted to kill them before, right? This plan was ongoing, but this was the final day of the Moshiach and Shal Yisrael. This is it. This, is, this day, it's over, right? So imagine, Moshe Rabbeinu's mother... She was hiding her son for three months. Correct? So they shouldn't be caught. And finally she gave up and she put him in the water. 
And the next day, the Gezeri was this battle. Because why? The, the, the stargazer said, the Moshiach Shalom Yisrael was gotten. He got him. He was in the water. Because they didn't know exactly when it's going to happen. And then finally they saw in the stars that this was the day. The day was over. It's finished over here. Moshiach Shalom Yisrael was gotten. You're, you're safe. So once he knew he was safe, it was Mavatl the Gezeri, right? So we had the Gezeri ongoing for whatever. And then... They knew that he has to go in the water, and you know, and then he, they got it's over now. Everything became clear, it's over, it's all safe. So imagine Moshe Rabbeinu's mother, what she was thinking. She was trying to think, if I only would have waited one more day. One more day. I had him for three months. One more day, and Paru's going to change the Gezeri. Right? Little did she, would she know is that the reason why the Gezeri was over, and all the Jewish people now were saved from dying, was because she put the kid in there, right? So instead of kicking herself in the pants, she would be very happy about what she did, right? We tricked Paro, he thinks the machine Shai Yisrael is dead, we save all the other Jewish kids from dying, her son is ultimately going to power, to take out, right? She would know the behind the scenes, obviously she wouldn't kick herself in the pants. But if she wouldn't know, you know, if you don't have a Muna, you don't have that type of mindset, you're probably kicking yourself in the pants. <laughs> One more day, I could have waited, and the Gazeri would have went away, right? So all these marmikaimas together, we're, we're realizing that people in this world don't really know what's going on, okay? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one running the whole show. From the beginning to the end of the show is all HaKadosh Baruch Hu, no one else. And there's nothing you can do to get around that, you know what I'm saying? He's the boss. And sometimes we are so involved in trying to predict our future and our positions in life and make the right moves and be with the right people so we can get places and we can promote ourselves and we can be in a good financial situation, even in Shaduchim, you know? People try to get a shidduch and then they don't get a yes and then they send this one and they send that one and they try to turn over the world and mach moves. You don't know what you're machin moves for. You understand? So what is going on in the world and what's Hashem's plan for you? How much kavod you're going to have? What's your financial status is going to be? What's your wife going to be? What's your children going to be? What your, everything. It's all... The Hashem. You can try to do as many moves on the chessboard as you'd like. It's not going to do nothing, right? So what's the person's mindset in life? What does he do? Where should it be his focus? If his focus shouldn't be on manipulating a result, an outcome, a certain place, a certain status to be at, that's it. that for sure should not be your place. Trying to figure out how to build yourself. You understand? Or even to manipulate your financial status that you believe is the right financial status for you. Or success, or this, or that, right? That's not going to do nothing for you. So what's the person's job in life? And that is the only focus that a person has to have in life is avodah. Avoidas Hashem. What does Hashem want me to do in this situation? How to grow? How to get closer to Him? What does he want me to do? Sometimes there is a chiyuv ishtadlis. But that's a chiyuv. You understand? You're following the tzivu Hashem. 
So when you do that, you're following the Tziva Hashem. In situations, you're looking for a shidduch, you're avoiding to have betochen Hashem, to know that He knows which is the best wife for you. And you do the ishtadus that He wants you to do. He wants you to do things according to the way He wants it to go. Don't think for one second that you can manipulate the results using the koiches ha That's what Haman was doing. Haman was using human nature, human psychology. He was using astrology. What do you think he was doing? He was using, he was a master in understanding the world of nature. So he had an agenda, and, if, and he thought that he could use the laws of nature to carry out his agenda. But Baruch Hu showed him there's no such a thing like this. So what do we have to learn from that? We also have the same idea. Maybe we're not trying to kill people. Maybe we're not trying to become kings. We're not trying to do uh, bad things necessarily. But yes, to some degree, we are trying to... We have a picture in our mind of what kind of life we want to live. You know, what kind of wife we want to have. What kind of financial status we want to have. What kind of uh, social status we want to have. Uh, you know, and we we do have desires to to conquer things and have things and 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 and, and you know people should know us and recognize us and respect us and you know, all these different things that are going on and we use the laws of nature to try to manipulate those results and the person has to realize that these are things that are not in your hand. That's not where your focus is. That's not where your mind has to be. That's not where your shtadls. Your status is not on that. You understand? And sometimes things go wrong as well. And then we become very depressed. You know, imagine Moshe Rabbeinu's mother, she should have been depressed. If she would have waited just one more day in her brain without knowing what's going on behind the scene. If she would have waited just one more day, her son wouldn't have been thrown in the water because the following day after she put her kid in the water, the gazera of power is gone. Now, little does she know that the reason why the Xerath Parah was gone is because she put her kid in the water. And the stargazers said that the Moshe Shal Yisrael is now done because he's in the water, right? So little does, he know, little does she know that she herself is the one that was Mavat with the Xerath. But when you don't know what's flying, you can start saying, you know, what's going on over here? Things are, are not working out. It's not fair, Right? Everything has a time and a place, and it's timed pers- purposely. Marshall, when, Homa, when, when Mordechai saved Ahasuerus' life, saved his life, big, big time, right? So the normal reaction of the king would be is to repay him on the spot. You understand? It was a little strange that he wrote it in his book. And forgot all about it. And it only was reminded to him at a later date. Again, you see, everything in life, even the, the setbacks, things that don't make sense, things that shouldn't be, are all part of the big picture of the plan of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know? So this is the way we have to approach life. We have to go into life not trying to manipulate results, but the focus of life has to be avoid. That's where we, that's where our input is. Hashem makes situations for us to work, to do Avodah Hashem, to grow in, 
to do things in the Bria. That's the situations that we're in life are designed for that. Not for anything else. That's what it's designed for. And that's the sipuk you have to have in life, is feeling good, and you're doing your avoid in this situation. That's where you feel good, because that's where it's your input. You did that. That's where your bechir is. That's where your place is. And that's where you have to feel good at. It's a very, very important side in, in life. Because especially young people, in the first many years of their life, where they're trying to set up what their life should look like. There's the years of heavy ishtadlis, you know. Once a guy's an older guy, he is what he is, you know. But when you're younger, you're ready, you're, you're, like, you're trying to figure out your moves, you know. And this is where a person is very careful. That's not what we're trying to do in life. We have to understand it's all about avoidance. And that was the gezerah of clear we spoke out when the Jewish people had yiyush. They thought that the geula was not coming. Achashmash makes a party. They have yiyush. Yiyush means that they don't feel that there's going to be a geula. There's no longer a grand plan. There's no more Mashiach. There's no more chosen nation. There's no more Ashkachapratis. So what happens in yiyush? No more avoida. Avoida is gone. Once there's no avoida, there's no purpose of life. Gezerah of destruction. There's no purpose in life anymore. The purpose of life is avoid. That's the purpose of life. The gezerah clear comes when there's no more purpose in life. So is the purpose in life becoming wealthy, becoming uh, having a beautiful family, is you know a good career, a good name? Is that the purpose of life? It's not the purpose of life, and that's not in your control even. The purpose of life is avoid. Good situations, hard situations. Yishmaka situations, everything, every situation is the same. That's what we say by Sarai Menu, that all her years were shavim litova. Is all her years shavim litova? Right? It's not talking about spiritual, because it says that she was like a, you know, a bas, uh, like a young girl for Averis and, and, and Yoifi, which means Midas. We, we spoke about the perfection of her avoidance like that. But what does it mean? Call you may all her years are shavim l'toiva. What do you mean? She got she got abducted twice. You know she couldn't have a kid for ninety years. Uh, you know you know everything that went on over there in her life was not exactly uh, you know a sunny day, right? Kulon shavim l'toiva is when you live in the world of emuna. Then the pshat is that every day is a day of growth. Every day is a day of, of avoida. Every day kulam shovin letoiva. Every day is productive. Every single day is productive. Doesn't mean every day is an easy day. Doesn't mean every day is a sweet day. Doesn't mean that. It means every day is toiv. It's a good day. Good means productive. Good doesn't mean uh, you know, sweet, and, and, and all these things. And the right to that is when we say, gave me all good. What's all good? The guy was about to die. His life was saved miraculously, but he could still have tubes up his nose, you know. And you're going to tell me, kol tuv, kol tuv. Is he, did Hashem give him riches? Did he give him uh, everything? Kol tuv? He gave him life. But life is kol tuv. Why is life called Tuv? Because life is opportunity to grow and to do Avaidah. And when life, if that's life, 
then every day is a good day. Not an easy day, not a sweet day, not a happy day in the sense of seeing the light of Hashem, but it's good. You got it? That's the aside. We'll stop over here.